0: All right, good evening everybody, and welcome to tonight's session of Chat with the Designers. This is your online, live, interactive weekly magazine for hams, homebrewers, experimenters, demolition artists, and uh, purveyors of smoke coming out of components across the fruited plains of the world. This is your host, George N2APB, along with co-host Joe N2CX, and tonight we're going to have about an hour's worth of uh, discussion concerning a topic that is uh, very, very interesting and very, very useful when you get, get your hands around it a little bit. And that's uh, decibels, dBs. Um, more on that in just a second. I wanted to uh, take just a moment here and, and remind everybody, if you didn't notice from the, um, the web page, from our home page, Uh, chat uh, team team speak chat this is our last episode of the year we're coming up against the holidays and our regular our next regular program would put us uh, on the air on Christmas Day as it were and it's uh, not likely going to be uh, uh, very possible plus uh, in the in the weeks leading up to uh, Christmas it's um, it tends to be a little bit uh, busy in everybody's household So we're going to break for the holidays and I think it's, uh, uh, January um, 11th. Uh, I I forgot the date it's listed, but we'll, we will reconvene here in, uh, in January. So this is the effective last, uh, last episode of the year. And, uh, we wanted to make it a kind of a, a good one here. So we picked a topic that we think is, is going to be quite, uh, quite useful for people and, to have an overview, to maybe have a little bit of a better understanding of decibels and how we use them on the uh, on the workbench in order to talk about performance of our radios and so on. Um, Joe and I were, were kind of kidding about top. We we like to have a catchy title and uh, for every episode. And I started off with uh, dB or not dB. That is the question. And I thought that was pretty clever. But then somebody, I think somebody here from our listening audience said, uh, um, you know, take a look at this uh, Rhodey and Schwartz uh, article, which, by the way, happens to be in our reference list in the very bottom page. It's a fabulous three-page article. Can't go wrong. Three pages. And it's uh, uh, the title of it is DB or not DB. That is the question. So that one was out, out the window. So next came along was For Whom the Bell Tolls. Think about it, the bell. And then there was another one. Uh, you all remember the uh, the program long since ago, uh, Treasure Island with Ricardo Montalbán and little Hervé something or other. And he goes crying, uh, D-plane, d Lane Well, think of DB, DB. And that's kind of what goes through my mind a couple of times when I'm when I'm here on the bench figuring out, trying to figure out what the heck is that power level that I'm dealing with. Think DB, DB. Then my dad, my dad used to, uh, my, my dad was great. He, he had a great voice, and uh, he'd be singing all the time. And and uh, he was a product of the 40s, as as you might imagine. And Frankie Lane, I don't know if anybody ever remembers that uh, artist, but Frankie Lane was a, a big singing artist, a big voice back then. He had a name called, he had a very famous song called Jezebel. And that's another name that the song that's been going through my mind as we've been preparing for this week. Decibel by J- uh, by Frankie Lane. And as Joe sort of let the cat out of the bag, power to the people. So we're dealing with power and decibels and decibels and the homebrewer, What we do with DB, how we manipulate them, um, how we uh, how we talk a common language. And there's some shorthand in here. Um, Because decibels are ratios, and we're going to learn what those ratios between two power levels uh, or or between two values are. And dB, in its purest sense, is a ratio. Now, if you reference those powers or that ratio to a given impedance or load, it becomes of more value to us uh, hams because it conveys absolute power levels. And uh, we've got some charts here. We've talked about them before in previous episodes, but we've got some charts that that really kind of, um, they're indispensable. Uh, Joe knows, as we often spend many, many weekends here on my in my lab um, bench and, and pouring over equipment and so on and trying to get some things working. And we've got this chart hanging in front of us, and I often take a look at it. Joe knows it by heart. So once again, Joe is going to be a great reference here for us this evening, and uh, not just as a reference, but I I think as everybody will agree, this is a real this tends to be a bit of an education type of uh, um, session every other week that we have with chat with the designers. It's fun, um, I learn something all the time, and I'm 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 betting that uh, a lot of you do too. So if anything, what we do like is to cover the broad topics. We can't go very deep all the time because we don't have time to go to the Nth level. And we're certainly not doing mathematical derivations and uh, things of that nature. Uh, But we do like to cover the top level and try to pull together concepts such that they mean things to us that we sort of kind of had in mind that we, we kind of knew at least from back in there, our days of studying for the exams, get our tickets and uh, even when browsing through the, uh, Ham radio magazines uh, you you'll if if you're like me, you'll kind of come across uh, various paragraphs that describe one thing or another. there's like a a whole facet of of technology that we deal with on a regular basis, and we read about it on a regular basis and somebody with authority comes along and says, yep, this is what it is. it's the ratio of two power levels times ten um, <clears throat> the log base ten times ten and that's your and whatever right and I just sort of nod my head, yeah, 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 I knew that that's right, of course. And then I go on to the next paragraph. But how many times do you take some of this information and you go and, and start looking at your equipment? It's not even if you don't do home brewing on the bench, um, uh, you know, and, and you know, if you don't have the soldering iron out every single night and have your uh, spectrum analyzer or your scope and calibrated equipment, if you don't even have any of that, we deal with dB all the time. Um, decibels are a very common part of our, of our life. And if, if you can dial down on the, uh, on our whiteboard to the section that says some familiar representations of, of DB, I bet you a nickel that, uh, a lot of you can, you, you can identify these things right off the top of your, your head, but we put them in, we put these photos in here for a reason because decibels are very play a very integral part of each one of those pieces of some are common, some are test measurement basis, but uh, each one of those pieces of equipment are based around a DB and uh, just kind of going down from left to right and top to bottom, we've got the uh, HP 8640B. This is a mainstay signal generator. We talked about this in, in episodes past. And Joe and I each have one of these babies, and I'll tell you, it's 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 indispensable. A nice signal generator is indispensable for the bench. Well, you can't see this view. I've got another one elsewhere on the page, but in the upper left-hand corner is the meter. And the meter reads in dB. And actually, the right-hand dial reads in dB. And being able to dial up at a very specific level, such as 0 dB, and 0 dBm to be specific, Um is of invaluable importance when you want to know what the signal level is that you're putting into your test circuits with that signal generator. The uh, the image next to it is uh, familiar Rocky. Some of you who are into SDR might recognize the familiar screen of Rocky, and you'll of course note that the radicals are indicated in decibels, uh, 60 dB, 40 dB, 20 dB, and the peak that is shown of that signal there is showing as uh, up to 40 dB. And other signals in that same spectrum would be in reference to that. We'll talk more about that. In the same way, the signal to the right is, uh, or the picture to the right, is is Joe's Pride and Joy, his Spectrum Analyzer, an HP-141T. And uh, for a while, that's been here on the bench as well, and it's showing a signal, and uh, later on we'll get a close-up view of it, I think and you'll see that the radicals uh, on that the, the vertical markings are in decibels and it's a very common way to represent signals along a spectrum left-hand signal in a second row or left-hand image in a second row is uh well it's it's my original radio uh when I was a novice in an HR10 and it's got a S meter much as the S meter showing next to it for the HF the modern HF transceiver they all show uh S meter. There's a very direct relationship between the S S readings and uh and decibels. So um we're gonna touch on some of that. Lower left hand uh image is um uh, you, you hear Joe and I talking a lot about our power measurements on the bench, and there's the KA seven EXM Pick Power Meter by Kanga US. Roger uh, has an excellent design there, and Joe and I use it very, very often, and you can see the decibel reading, the dbm reading, for the signals that are constantly in use on it. Oh, and there's the close-up of the signal generator behind it. In fact, if I'm lucky, I can't quite tell it, but I had the signal generator going into the... Uh, Ka7 EXM meter at that particular moment such that the signal generator was generating 671.29 microwatts or minus 1.7 dBm. And to the right of that, lastly, is the SDR cube. You might say, well, that's a transceiver. Okay, but the cube, let's see, I can count up on the cube display. There are one, two, three, um, at least three representations of decibel readings on that display. And each one of them means a lot to the knowledgeable ham that's, uh, that's using that particular radio. So just some representations that I think that you, uh, probably knew and you're sitting there nodding your head. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that about, uh, decibels and, and everyday life here in our bench. And, uh, I wanted to point it out because we're going to go into some of these things here. And especially from the measurement standpoint, not that everybody does the measurements, but we're going to go through a circuit or a measurement lash-up configuration on the bench where knowledge and handling of the decibels, uh, readings, and and power levels were essential uh, to coming up with our our particular results. So that's a long-winded intro of saying tonight we're dealing with uh, dB. And uh, what it means to you, Joe? What does it mean to you?
1: <laughs> That's a mouthful, George. Yeah. Well, very the very first thing I want to point out is, though I've used uh, decibels, dB, dBm, whatever, for many many years, I'll be the first to admit that even I get confused with the terminology, and I misuse it now and again. So um, if you catch me uh, making a flub, uh, don't be surprised, and if if um, you have some have a hard time getting things exactly right, uh, join the club. That's just the way they are. It is. It can be confusing at times unless you keep things straight. Um, the definition, as George alluded to, actually uh, um, for dB, uh, dB has to do with uh, power ratios, basically. And there's a formal definition: ten times the log of P1 over P2. Uh, but the point is that it's a It's a means of dealing with uh, power uh, when you're talking about dB with something next to it. For example, dBm is uh, dB above a milliwatt or dB related to a milliwatt. But if it's dB by itself with no other letter, it's a ratio. It's a way of talking about power and power ratios in shorthand. Um, Instead of saying 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, you can say you can use dB and do it additively. For example, uh, an increase of 10 dB is a 10 times increase in power. So um, if you increase power 10 times, it's a 10 dB change. If you increase power 100 times, that's uh, twice as much. It's 20 dB. So you can talk in ratios or in power levels just by adding and subtracting dB uh, DB numbers, it's a its a lot more convenient notation, a lot less uh, clumsy to discuss things in those terms. Uh, it was originally uh, uh, intended to be uh, sound power, and it's used in those terms. Primarily tonight, we're going to talk about uh, RF. So uh, uh, try not to slip and do that. But the basic idea is we're talking about ratios of power or power levels. And uh, the notation that goes along with that. I'm um, looking at the uh, look at the whiteboard to see something more coherent. Um, DBM, as I alluded to, DBM is um, zero DBM is one dB in a 50 ohm load. It's a power level, and um, you can you can take it from there. Um, a 3 dB change uh, would increase power by a factor of 2, which would then be 3 dBm, an increase. Uh, if you increase uh, by a factor of 4, a total of 4, that's a 6 dB increase. So you tend to recognize and remember a couple simple numbers. 10 dBm changes are 10 times, 3 dB is uh, twice, and 6 dB is four times so you can easily do the math in your head just by adding and subtracting. And again, as George pointed out uh, in the table here, uh, it is very handy to have a cross-reference between uh, DBM, volts uh, RMS, volts peak-to-peak and Watts. A, a little cheat sheet goes a long way like this. Uh, and it is, uh, it is logarithmically based. One of my favorite tales, speaking of logarithms, Logarithms are are ways of dealing with numbers, such as I pointed out, you can do addition and subtraction to do multiplication and division. Before the days of slide rules, there were these big, thick tables of logarithms that uh, engineers and mathematicians used to do the calculations. Well, you know, it it was a lot of work, but uh, it it made it easy to do things accurately. Uh, A fellow named Charles Proteus Steinmetz, who was a genius worked for GE, uh, was out in a boat one time with a co-worker. They were fishing, and they were talking about some technical topic, and um, it involved some um, doing some math, and Steinmetz did the math in his head. It was pretty involved stuff in, involving uh, a whole bunch of numbers and ratios. And his coworker, the guy in the boat with him, said, uh, uh, Dr. Steinmetz, it's amazing you can do all this math in your head. Steinmetz says, oh, it's not all that amazing. He says, I just memorized the uh, the log tables. And the guy said, you memorized all the log tables? And uh, Steinmetz said, well, I really didn't memorize them all. I only memorized them to three decimal places. I have to extrapolate once I get any finer than that. Back to you, George.
0: Well, I would uh, I would certainly like to go fishing with Steinmetz, that's for sure. Um would be lots of good discussion while while uh, putting bait on the hook. I would think. The uh, yeah, Alan had mentioned the on, on our text section of the uh, of the client Teamspeak client here. He had said that uh, it turns multiplication and division into addition and subtraction. Joe, can you let's let's work up a little simple example for this? I'm not sure. I think I missed the boat in putting together some of the information here. And maybe just a simple example of of what that is. I think you alluded to it in the table, as far as four times and two times and so on. But um, can you get your head around a, a simple um, equation or a simple example that that shows how we can we can uh, uh, simplify some of the computations like this?
1: Yeah, a pretty simple way would be to say um, um, you you have a a QRP rig. And uh, you're operating QRPP, which is one watt. Well, uh, one watt is um, a thousand times one uh, milliwatt. So that turns out to be a factor of a uh, thousand, which is 30. So that means that one watt is plus 30 dBm. Similarly, if you, if uh, and to take that a little farther, if you go from one watt to ten watts um, that means using uh d b notation that's an increase of ten d b uh, so you know you can just add um, add the numbers the uh, d b numbers and you get multiplication similarly, if you decrease your power from ten watts down to five watts, that's a three d b decrease so you can speak in terms of uh, just a addition and subtraction instead of all sorts of uh, fancy uh, multiplication and division
0: ah that's a great that's a great point in fact that comes uh, that brings to mind some computations that you and I were working on on our bench and and Yuha will chuckle uh, he's online here o h two and we were all together trying to work out some i m d configurations and and so on, and uh, we had some power, we, we were lining up some attenuators, and we're going to get into this in this very, um, if you see a picture of my bench a little bit farther down on the on the, uh, on the the whiteboard, it looks kind of messy, it's hard to see what's what, but we drew, we drew a, uh, hey Dave, AA3UR, You've, you're keying the mic there, thanks Dave, um, so we drew a diagram which shows the equipment that's connected and it makes it a lot more easily understood. but bottom line is that what you had said, you know uh, I wanted to figure out how many how much uh how much attenuation I needed to put into a given signal, how much I needed to attenuate it such that it wouldn't blow out the uh, spectrum analyzer, I think and you said, well, along the line of what you just said, and I think this is this is the way you're thinking because you just said it a moment ago, well. 1 milliwatt is 0 dBm. So if you think on the left-hand side in watts or milliwatts and on the right-hand side uh is in dBm. You said 1 watt and 1 milliwatt is 0 dBm and uh if you multiply that times a thousand you know to get 1 watt that's uh 30 dBm. So now we're up to 30 dBm with with uh 1 watt. And um, if you want to think well if you really have more power than that, say you have about 10 watts, you know, you're multiplying 1 watt times 10 watts. And uh, understanding that 10 watts, or, or a factor of 10, is uh, 10 dB. And if you kind of look at the equation up above, it's as simple. Uh, um, 10 times the log of 10 over 1 is 10. 10. So that you're adding 10 dB to the 30 dB we had a moment ago, and now we're up to 40 dBm. And, uh, and like you said, Joe, you multiply that by two because we're dealing up in the 20-watt range. By the way, 20 watts is the uh, is the power range of the RF power cube that Joe and I and Yuha have been kind of looking at over the uh, last couple, three months, characterizing for IMD and, and power performance. And 20 watts is the sweet spot. Or that amplifier soon to be introduced and the 10 uh, if you have the 10 watts which is 40 DBM and you double in that to get 20 watts well that's double in it that's a plus three DBM so now that's 43 DBM and um, you can deal with a tap maybe if you have like a 20 DB tap it it's all in adding and subtracting um, the decibels the dBm ratings, that uh, the dB ratings, and um, it makes your your computations, your your understanding of what what power levels you're dealing with a lot better. Now, Joe, I I stumbled over this factor today just now several times, and I do on a regular basis. And you on a regular basis correct me for everybody's benefit here. Can you help set me straight relative to whether I'm saying dB or dBm? It's relative, relative or absolute,
1: right? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, as I as I indicated earlier, shorthand. If it's uh, just dB by itself, it's a ratio. If there's um, another letter like dBm or dBW, it's dB relative to a, a power level. So it is actually um, a power level you're talking about. So the three letters. Three letters give you a clue that quite often you're speaking about a power level rather than a ratio. There are exceptions to the rule, but that's a general case.
0: okay, so where did I misspeak in in my little diatribe there do you can you can you spot that or point that out?
1: I didn't notice it frankly, George
0: no <laughs> okay um. So just keep in mind, of course, if it's relative, if you're going from an increase of one level to an another level, that's a that's a relative increase. It's a ratio. But if you're actually talking about power levels, that's when you get the three letters in there, which is DBM relative to DBM. Joe, can you take a, a moment and tell us about DBM versus DBU versus DBW versus who knows what?
1: Yeah, I, I misspoke a little bit. Um <laughs> When we speak of, uh, uh, for tonight, we're going to be speaking mainly about uh, RF. And when we speak of uh, the power levels, uh, 0 dBm or uh, 0 dBw, um, we're speaking into 50 ohms. So just keep that in mind. And I'll try to keep it straight, too. But dBm is uh, uh, 0 dB or 1 milliwatt into 50 ohms. Uh, if you speak of DBW it's zero dBW is one watt into 50 ohms um, a term used in audio is uh, DBU and there DBU is uh, not in 50 ohms it's in basically 600 ohms so it's uh, 775 milliwatts RMS into 600 ohms so that that's a little uh, another little wrinkle There are exceptions to my general rule that I stated that that are quite frequent. Um, There's a term called um, DBI. DBI is a ratio, again, relative to uh, an isotropic antenna radiator. talk about that a little bit later. Um, And uh, DBV is uh, decibels relative to a volt, which which gets extremely confusing. So we're not going to talk too much about that. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, DB, DBD is another term used with antennas. It's uh, dB, again, a ratio relative to um, the a- energy radiated by a dipole. Um, and as I say, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later. Handy way of talking about antenna gains, uh, which is what all this basically is about. And, of course, as Alan points out on the uh on the the chat message screen, I, one very common term is dbc, um, which when you're looking at a spectrum analyzer picture, um, it's dB relative to a carrier. If you have a harmonic that's down 20 dB, uh, you would say that that uh, uh, harmonic is 20 D, uh, minus 20 dbc. The minus indicating that it's a ratio uh, being less, uh, and that that's how uh, spectral pictures are. Uh, are described. Back to you, George.
0: Very interesting. And by the way, we have most of this material on our whiteboard, either along the way or in the references down below. And as usual, uh, the references this time are con- this time they're concise, not not as plentiful as we've had in the past, because there are several documents there that really are are so uh, um, encompassing in their in their information. You could, uh, it, it, it serves us well, pretty much stand alone. So if you have a, if you have a desire and I hope you do, we hope you do have a desire to kind of get deeper into some of these and use the terms more confidently. Um, those are the references to look at and we're not going to dwell too much more on this. This is not an education type of, uh, Scenario—it's more of a motivation and and as I said, tying the dots together for things that we pretty much knew at the at the top level and actually tying them to practicality. So speaking of practicality, Joe, let's go down to the spectrum uh, analyzer dis, uh, displays. Actually, Yuha is going to recognize the bottom one, which is the uh, the one for the HP 8591 or the 94. Um, spectrum analyzer. Very nice plot. And then the one above it is an actual photograph. And let's talk about that one first, Joe. Can you kind of guide us through that diagram and or that the photo and uh, let's see, we can probably, um, the, um, the vertical radical is indicated only as one, two, three, four, five, I'm not sure if it's safe to assume that's dB or, or whatever, but let's just assume that it's 10 dB. Um, what? How would you discuss the relationship of those spectra uh, on there with relation to each other or with relation to the carrier?
1: Okay, yeah, that that would be in terms of uh, dBc, dB relative to the carrier. Um, again, it, as George pointed out in this little picture. Uh, it's not specifically indicated, but uh, my suspicion is that the vertical um, uh, vertical um that are indicated as um, 0, 2, 3, or one, two, three, four, and 5, the vertical uh, uh, deflection here is probably 10 dB per division. So uh, we've got a dynamic range here of something in the order of about 50 dB. Um on the very left-hand side, there's a signal at uh, 21.75 uh, megahertz. That uh, is just down. It's probably, um, if uh, it's it probably possibly uh, 48 dBm. Um, possibly can't say. But at any rate, it's it's a um, we'll say because there's a it's between four and five, and it's about eight tenths of the way up. It's 48 dB, whatever. Uh, at the second harmonic, second harmonic frequency, there's something then that is, if we count down one, two, three, uh, three divisions, which is 30 dB, and about um, uh, three minor divisions down. So I'd say then that that's 31 dB down. It's minus 31 dBc relative to the carrier. Secondly there's a third harmonic that is um uh just a little more than um a little less than two two uh, divisions down which would make it uh 10 and about uh 17 dB so that would be minus 17 dBc 17 dB uh lower than the uh, than the carrier and there are other uh, other harmonics that are shown here this is a pretty ratty signal, by the way. Um, when you get up to the fifth harmonic, it's not even 10 dB attenuated, so it's uh, it's a signal that it's not really too good. General rule of thumb, I believe the FCC regulations are any spurious products or harmonics have to be attenuated uh, by 43 dB from the carrier, so then they would all be uh, every one would have to be less than Minus 43 dBc, so they would be um, in this picture, they'd be four, uh, 4.3 divisions below the carrier, and um, if you can see this picture here, none of them is is uh, anywhere near that. So I suspect this is uh, this is a worst case picture of something with a lot of uh, harmonics and not very much filtering.
0: Yeah, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm sorry, was somebody else in there? Does anybody have a question anybody along the have... way? We're, we're kind of just uh, humping along here. Any questions uh, that you want to ask along I the way? an observation. Along...
2: An observation?
0: Sure, Rick, go ahead.
2: I think that the, uh, the scope display there uh, makes a point that's worth uh, adding, which is that in amateur radio and many other areas of electronics, we deal with signals that have such a huge range uh, of values, and that if that scope trace was a linear uh, display, uh, even something that was 20 or 30 dB down would be totally lost at the bottom of the screen, and you'd have no way of, of comparing it with the uh, the carrier
0: value. That is a great point, and I was gonna I was gonna ask uh, along the line, same line there too. And that is often the case for uh, using logarithmic type of uh, representation of signals anywhere along um, a signal chain in a radio or a measurement system. Um, We deal regularly, well, we we sort of deal regularly with log amps and um, measurement of low signals with log amplifiers as opposed to Linear amplifiers, I guess, but and and for the same reasons as you just alluded to there. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, the uh, yeah, that looks like a ratty signal, and especially for an HF signal, and it's certainly not going to pass any kind of FCC type of uh, 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 checks or meet the rules or or, or whatever. It's not just the uh, the signal that's in there though, Joe. It looks like there's a local oscillator. I'm assuming. It is not the local oscillator for the HF rig that generates 21.75 megahertz. So it looks like there's some other signals in there too, and this this might well be the uh, the spectra from from uh, your your local town, I think, right?
1: Yeah, good point, George. If you look at the frequencies that are in there, um, you can see the harmonics uh, are uh, <laughs> uh, multiples of 21. Point, uh, 75 megahertz and between the third harmonic and the the fifth harmonic uh, we're going between about um, 88 and um, 108 megahertz so what we're seeing in there is some grass showing up some signals showing up that are probably uh, uh, FM radio stations that are popping into there so in addition to having a a condition here of having a uh, measurement where we've got a ratty uh, signal generator we also have leakage of external signals going in um, which uh, is actually kind of revealing because you would look at that and you'd say my goodness I have a bad test set up uh, I got to do something about this and it's very apparent in this uh, logarithmic display
0: yep and uh, time to time to do something about that transmitter that <laughs> 15 meter transmitter that uh, uh, your uh, that is being measured in the in the diagram below it's a nicer um, it's a nicer or more clear uh, trace of a signal. It happens to be at uh, where is it now? Um, I think it should have been 14. Oh, there it is, 14.00070 megahertz. So um, this is a signal that. UH Yuha and I, OH2NLT and I, were uh um looking at and uh pretend that uh, we're using a, a characteristic or a, a measurement capability of a of a spectrum analyzer that is very, very useful, very, very handy, and it's something that low-cost spectrum analyzers don't necessarily have, or at least in a calibrated manner. In the above diagram, you see a lot of signals in there. The, the frequency spread is very great. Um, pretend if you wanted to look at the sideband signals of, um, of a, if you were generating a tone, you wanted to look at the upper sideband or the lower sideband signals of the signal that's been generated on the carrier, um, assuming that you're seeing the carrier, but you really couldn't see something in that upper display with the green that is, um, say, one kilohertz. Well, actually, this one here is, I think, nineteen hundred hertz. One point, 1.25, I think is the uh, the uh, the tone. One point two five kilohertz that is being generated. Um, if you could look in very carefully, you wouldn't see that because it's just it would be all kind of mushed in together close to the carrier. So what we're doing. Is uh, looking uh, at the we're using the RBW or the resolution uh, uh, resolution, resolution bandwidth. bandwidth. Yeah, resolution bandwidth capability of a scope to look in kind of like take a magnifying glass and look in very very closely to that signal. We show we're measuring 14 megahertz there, and the lowest signal. But it's like if you're taking a magnifying glass on that signal up above, which is at 21.75 meg, and looking at and zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, much as you would like on a Google map or something, such that the tone or the little signal peak that you see in the left with the tri- the lower triangle, um, you have the major carrier and then um, another little. Uh, minor peak and that is at uh, that's one point two five kilohertz away from it and um, we have um, the measurement those measurement triangles one is at the peak of the carrier and a little another little measurement triangle is at that uh, the peak I'm referring to and the uh, the lower peak and the difference between those is marked as forty seven point five uh, db. It's minus 47, actually it shows as 47.65. So it's uh, the, uh, that's the difference between the peak of the carrier and the one signal, the lower, I think it's the, um, it's, it's, we were measuring opposite sideband, if I recall now. Um, and that's the, the measurement of that particular. So that would be 40, minus 47.65 dBc, much as Joe and Actually, as uh, Yuha mentioned, the text section section here. So, um, um, the other signals that can be seen when you're looking this close in to a spectrum display that are of 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 eminent uh, dB value are IMD or intermodulation distortion products. Uh, I mentioned opposite sideband. Um, there are other signals that are um, close in, if you have multiple tones, uh, of course, is, which is how you're measuring IMD. Those two can be measured in decibels down from the carrier, which is of utmost importance, and it's a measurement value that we use in characterizing transmitters, receivers, or other signals that, uh, that are along the chain. Um, Joe, any more on the uh, on the spectrum displays here?
1: Yeah, I <laughs> I really hate to be a dumper, but uh, Yuha has pointed out that uh, what this display actually is, is um, uh, a display of a single sideband signal with the um, uh, carrier attenuation and the opposite sideband rejection. The main spike in the middle is the modulated uh, tone, which was uh, I think was 1.25 kilohertz test tone. And then that's, that, that has a little ball up the top, which is a marker. The signal with the ball to the left of that is actually the carrier, which is a suppressed carrier and a single sideband signal. And that's what is uh, uh, approximately minus 47 dB down. And then to the left of that with the same spacing is the, adjacent, is the opposite sideband, which is uh, attenuated by another um, probably 4 to 6 dB. So here's a point of um some reasonably complicated stuff. You look at it and you can get the D B representation, but it really takes a lot of uh thought and figuring out just what the heck's gone wrong to uh, to interpret all of the relationships. Something that confuses all of us at one time or another.
0: Ah, you are right and, and you thanks for that uh that correction. Absolutely right. And uh, it it does take a lot of interpretation. I think the point, though, we want to make here, though, is that the measured dB values are of, when, when thoughtfully considered, are of uh, great interest and great value in characterizing the performance of, of the radio. Now, I don't want to go too much... Um, I don't want to go too much more into we're getting maybe a little bit too deep and I don't want to lose anybody's interest. uh, And also for the sake of time where time is marching on. So um, we can go back and and kind of drill down on some of this later. Let's start getting into some of the. um, the, uh, Let's get into some of the. the more of the equipment that's on the bench. In this next section, we show attenuators. Now, each of these attenuators is a different kind. We've talked about a couple of them sometimes, uh, and sometimes past, and uh, they are of immense value. Even in an un, if you don't know the exact calibration status of them, they can be of great value. They're, of course, of much greater value, if you do know. The, uh, uh, we've talked about the little switch box in the, in the upper left-hand corner. In the upper right hand corner uh, before and just uh, switches that flip in and out various db pads much as you see the Elacraft AT1 step attenuator on the circuit board below it. um, Being able to flip in one, uh, one, two, three, five, ten and twenty db increments allows you to kind of come up with many different combinations albeit at lower power levels. You got to watch your power levels and how much uh, power you're putting into these attenuators or putting through the attenuators. So you don't want to burn up the attenuators. And um, the one in the middle, the cylindrical one, is a very, very nice one. Uh, Yuha and I just got uh, some of these off of eBay. And uh, if you can't see it too clearly, it's uh, it's an outer dial that goes in 10 dB increments, and then an inner dial, which goes in 1 dB increments, so we can dial up any dB, any decibel attenuation level um, in that attenuator, and again think of it just as an attenuator from the input and output ports. Those, those, uh, maybe those are B and C connectors. I can't tell here, but uh, you can dial in anything from zero to 100 at, uh, dB of attenuation um, in one DB increments. And Joe, I think you've got, you've got one that is a 10th, a 10th of a DB, uh, increments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. a lab grade thing. And I have another one that, uh, is zero to 120. That, uh, was, uh, a Dayton purchase out of a, uh, uh, signal generator. That's a real gem.
0: Yeah, I'll bet. I, I have a really good attenuator that I almost pulled out of the logic, um, my logic metrics uh, um, signal generator. Before we we actually fixed it, now it's a signal generator again, a nice nicely uh, um, capable signal generator number two on the bench, which is quite handy. The um, the two attenuators in the lower right hand corner, actually four, the the two photos of them are inline attenuators. Uh, these are very valuable in if you want to make a measurement. Uh, a safe measurement, for example, if you've got a power um, level, maybe one watt or 10 watts coming out, and you want to look at that on the spectrum analyzer, there's a couple of ways to go about doing that, but you need to reduce the signal level so you don't burn out your, your scope or your meter your or your, attenuate, uh, your uh, signal generator. One way to do that is with the attenuator shown here. So you have a fixed attenuator, and I think these that the two dark black ones are um, perhaps like 20 dB, and they are each 30 watts. So if you've got a 20 watt signal, for example, <clears throat> such as like in a an RF power cube amplifier or a penny whistle amplifier, and you want to directly measure the signal quality on that, um, you can take that signal and then put it into a. Uh, after putting a termination on that, you can put it into a scope without burning out the scope and uh, or the signal analyzer spectrum analyzer and then the same thing with those Agilent um those are 30 dB it's amazing those silver jobbies on the right those are a little bit more compact but probably not quite as much the power level is held but attenuating the signals going into your equipment is important as we'll see in, uh in in just a minute um Joe, do you want to comment on uh, the three items here, uh, dynamic range, signal-to-noise, and S units uh, with respect to dBs?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go uh, deeply into dynamic range, but uh, it's a something that comes up uh, in uh, SDRs, software-defined radios. Um, you can define a, uh, a dynamic range in terms of the number of bits in the D-to-A converter. Uh, with this formula that's shown here, um, so that if you know you have a 16-bit D/A converter, uh, the best you can do is a dynamic range of 98 dB. Similarly, if uh, that is uh, minimum to maximum signal you can handle, if you only had a uh, an 8-bit, uh, 12-bit D/A converter, you'd be a lot less. So it gives you an idea of that. Another point that works out here. Um, that we did not discuss earlier is that the ratios we're talking about here in the uh, A to D, uh, D to A converters, is we're talking about voltage steps. And if you look carefully at the formula, you see there's a 20 in there instead of a 10. Since we're talking about power, uh, power ratios with dB, um, we have to multiply voltage ratios by 2, so there's 20 instead of 10 because uh, power is voltage squared. Just a little subtlety that sneaks in there. Similarly, signal to noise ratio, um, you can talk about if you're looking at a uh, the output of a receiver uh, and you want to know how good the signal is, you can compare the, uh, the amplitude of the signal to the amplitude of the noise and get a ratio of them if they're measured in power. Um, the higher the uh, dB level, the higher the ratio, the better the signal-to-noise ratio is. So there's a simple formula for uh, calculating that. Um, and then finally, something that is very, very handy for hams, uh, in order to talk about signal levels, um, we have S meters on our, uh, on our equipment, and, and we deal with uh, S units in dealing with uh, readability, signal, and uh, tone. Um, And there is actually a definition for what S-units are. An S9 signal, which is considered a strong signal, is 50 microvolts, which is minus 73 dBm. Uh, And if you go down to the next lower S-unit, an S8 is 25 microvolts, half voltage or a quarter of the power, which is 6 dB less. So that tells you then that one S unit is 60 dB. That's the absolute definition. Not all the equipment manufacturers do this, but uh, you get some idea of um, the effect of an antenna gain or increasing or decreasing power by realizing that one S unit works out to be a 60 dB change in uh, in signal level.
0: Yep, and I think S meter is almost like. Uh, the- uh, like like body parts. Everybody's got one or more there in the in the shack, and you can really relate to these things. And then when you talk about uh, 20 dB, you're you're. Let's see, I'm looking at. Uh, I got to find one on here. So you're looking at 20, you know, a 20 or a 30. Mine goes 20, 20, 40, 60 um, over S9, and those are dB. Of course, uh, values over the value of S9. In this case, S9 is uh, um, the the 50 microvolt minus 73 dBm level. That's 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 kind of a, a constant. Just as an aside, the uh, the cube, the SDR cube, is very carefully calibrated um, to produce um, exact uh, the precise power uh, precise S meter readings, and hence and if dBs are chosen to be displayed instead of S units, the dB value of the incoming signal is uh, is displayed. It tends to be a frequency, or especially with the soft rock, it tends to be a, um, a frequency-specific or frequency-dependent type of calibration. But it's not too bad when you go from band to band. And it's a very useful thing if you know that you're receiver is calibrated in the, uh, if the S meter is calibrated, um, it's something you can depend on and, and feel pretty good about. Okay. So let's go to the bench, um, the bench diagram or the bench picture in the diagram. Um, as the captions indicate, this happens to be the, uh, the bench where we've been doing some measurements with the SDR cube and the power amplifier and so on. And besides this being kind of a, uh, an interesting picture. It means a lot to the people who are using it, but uh, looking at the diagram makes it a little bit more uh, intelligible. I thought that I would walk through the diagram to explain what what's being done, Joe, and then you can come in and maybe address some of the measurement aspects with respect to uh, db. So um, looking at the diagram, I've indicated the in color in, in the shaded blocks, the SDR cube, and its internal soft rock, and then the RF power cube and its low-pass filter. Um, so those are the products per se that are being the you know the actual appliances that are being measured. Everything else, all those other white boxes, are measurements, devices generally along the top, and then interspersed among the different devices are. Or the, uh, among the different appliances are uh, attenuators or some kind of couplers with inherent attenuation in them that are absolutely imperative um, for use in in obtaining the measurements. So we, what we thought was that w- this would be a good case example to kind of walk through, almost in a uh, analyze this type of scenario that we found interesting and useful in the past, we could analyze this particular test setup with respect to the use of attenuation and talk about some of the decibels is, is, is that are uh, uh, that are ultimately squeezing out or resulting along the way. Um, starting on the left-hand side, and we're thinking of this as an, in a transmitting kind of uh, environment. The SDR cube is, is keyed as a transmitter. Um, we have two-tone generation going into the mic input of the sdr Cube, The two-tones are either coming from uh, the Elecraft 2T Gen, which is a fabulous little inexpensive device, very, very handy. Um, not overly calibrated, but, I mean, it's, it's good enough for the intended purpose 99% of the time. Or, um, in a very calibrated sense, there are two signals that can be generated by the HP8904 multifunction synthesizer, and uh, on the also measuring to back up the measurements, back up the readings of the generated signals is uh, as a multimeter on the input. So we can tell exactly what precise RMS value is going in. Joe, keep that in mind. I'm going to write a note to myself here that we're going to come back to RMS. So coming out of the uh, the soft rock is, an, is a one, generally a one watt signal. Well, you, like if you've picked up, anything that we've been talking about here today, you know that it's difficult, if not um, uh, dangerous, to measure a one-watt signal directly with any kind of equipment. So you need to kind of knock it down, attenuate it. And we do that in a couple of uh, ways. First of all, we're using an Allocraft CP1, which is another inexpensive, what do they call them, Joe, Mini kits?
1: Yeah, I think that's what they are.
0: Yeah, the uh, the two-tone generator and the CP1... Um, The uh, the step attenuator that we mentioned a little bit ago from Allocraft, those those are very handy, inexpensive uh, mini kits. In this case here, and you can see that uh, the CP1 is kind of in the middle of the bench. The photo of the bench is the green circuit board at a slight angle, and it's got four connectors on it, four BNC connectors. Um, And the white coax from the cube, Breadboard feeds into the one port, and what that does is couple from input to output. Follow the dark, heavy black line, the signal uh, farther down the, down the chain, and it's uh, um, uh, it's it's uh, what's the proper term for it, Joe? Uh, just a coupler.
1: It's a directional coupler.
0: Directional coupler. Thank you. The ports coming out of it, um, there's one on the forward side and then one on the reverse side actually takes a sample of it and that sample is 20 decibels down from the uh, from the signal going from left to right so we're taking like a it's a 20 Db an inherent 20 DB uh, reduction in signal which um, in which we apply some other attenuators before it goes into um, uh, on to be measured continuing along to the right we go through a step attenuator which can go in, in mine can go in steps of 1, 2, 3, 5, 10, 20, 20, 20, 20. So we can dial up um, pretty much anything we want there within the level that uh, we need. Of course, one watt is a little high for that, so we didn't transmit too long. Um, and we go into the RF power cube, which is a 20-watt amplifier. I think it's roughly 18 dB. I forgot. I'd have, to, I'd have to look that one up. And then from there, we go into something that's called the 40 dB tap. And maybe, Joe, that's where you can kind of hop in here and start explaining the uh, the attenuation we have.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> as George pointed out, we have a whole bunch of different power levels here, um, and um, we're trying to measure them with our test equipment. Test equipment has some limitations as to how much uh, power input you can apply before you fry it. So we have several instances of devices that are used to Take a sample of uh, the signals we're looking at um, with without affecting them um, if you for example, if you uh, had a power meter that could stand the power and uh, put it in parallel with the dummy load uh, the, the the power meter would probably be a fifty ohm load um, and you don't want two fifty ohm loads in parallel you'd screw up the reading so you use the power tap, which is a uh, resistive uh, Network with a uh, a big series resistor, well a pass through through a dummy load, so that you maintain the 50 ohm impedance, and then a tap with a large resistive divider in there to give you a 40 dB decrease in the signal, so that you can monitor the signal going through there uh, in a in a decreased level that your test equipment can withstand. Um, very handy device. Uh, the particular one here was designed by W7ZOI um, in uh, conjunction with a, an RF power meter that uh, he wrote up in uh, QST. We actually Similarly, went
0: through that in um, one of our previous sessions, Joe, and might be good if anybody's interested in that. That's a very handy device. We use that all the time in our measurements. I uh, looked back in the chat with the designer sessions, and um, one of the power sessions, the ones dealing with power we actually go through in detail that W7ZOI design that, that results in that 40 dB TAP. Sorry, Joe.
1: No problem. Good uh, good catch. I should have mentioned that myself. The other thing that we have is similar. Uh, George mentioned was the Elecraft CP1. The point um, at that uh, juncture is to uh, take a sample again of uh, a signal path so that we can get a uh, something lower in amplitude, so we don't fry our test equipment. And the Ellicraft CP1 lets us, in this case, look at the forward power going into um, into the input uh, of the RF power cube to monitor it with an attenuated signal level. Um, if need be, we could also use the reflected port, but uh, that's not necessary. But again, it has minimal attenuation going through. But it gives us a sample of what's going up, coming out, a calibrated uh, sample, so that we can measure it on uh, the practical uh, test equipment we have without frying it.
0: It's, it's kind of illustrative to, to just look at that, the, the CP1 and the chain of attenuation that we needed to, do, uh, to use on that if we were to measure it with the KA7EXM power meter off to the right. You notice that the power meter has a 7 dBm max reading. Anything more than 7 dBm will start its display blinking and it does not measure. Anything significantly more than 7 dB is going to uh, fry the meter. So uh, it's very, very important, of course, not to exceed 7 dBm. So looking back at the soft rock generating one watt and again going through that uh, the calculation that Joe and I kind of went through. Um, a minute ago, I'll we'll take off my little piece of paper off the wall in the same manner. We said that one watt coming out of the soft rock um, into a fifty ohm load is thirty dBm. So we got thirty dBm there, and we're going to attenuate it by twenty dBm. So that means coming out of that port, uh, the first, the left-hand side port of the CP1, is now um, essentially ten dBm and then we have a 30 uh, I'm sorry a 3dB inline tap much like one of those silver jobbies but it's only 3dB so we're taking that 10dB and we're knocking it down to 7dB and um ultimately one could maybe with a little bit of luck measure that with a 7dBm max power meter however the 1 watt is sort of typical on the soft rock and as those of you who either have the cubes or soft rocks in general know that the power rating can be cranked up to um, uh, to maybe a, a watt and a half, maybe in, in some cases two watts. So you don't want to. Uh, we didn't want to chance frying any of our meters, and we had a, that 40 dBm power tap on the right. We just moved over to the left, so that took that. Uh, uh, what are we down to now? We're down to seven dB. Plus seven dB coming out of that uh, that inline DBM. tap. George. Thank you, George. Thank you. Seven dBm coming out of that um, that the three dB uh, attenuator, and that puts the ultimate signal coming out of the forty dB tap at plus seven minus forty dB, um, and that's going to equal... Well, dun, 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 minus thirty three dBm, correct, Joe?
1: Absolutely.
0: Relatively? No, no it is absolutely. <laughs> so that, so that we can put into the KA seven EXM power meter, which is really kind of cool because that that meter has an ability to adjust its reading for a tap, a forty dB tap. So it actually, it's almost like the 40 dB tap is not in there, and we actually see the power level that we're looking to to see coming out of, uh, out of that, uh, out of that point. So this is all very confusing, especially if you're listening to a podcast in your car or on a train. Um, please bear with us. Maybe grab this diagram from the whiteboard, and, and you'll be able to follow along. We're not going to go any deeper than this, but the the sole purpose of this discussion has been to kind of explain how some measurements, some very common measurements, power, are carefully measured for our transceivers such as, in this case here, the uh, soft uh, soft rock based uh, uh, cube, uh, in order to get a a display of spectrum, to get a, a numeric value of power reading off of the Ka7 EXM power meter, You could also be using the the AQRP's m-watt meter, milliwatt meter. You could be using a NorCal power meter. You could be using any kind of power meter that you have, but you just need to be careful about the power level that you've got because every, like Clint Eastwood says, or at least an adaptation, every meter's got to know its limitations. And ultimately, you don't want to exceed those limitations uh, to end up with some smoke along the way, especially if it's a very expensive spectrum analyzer or, or an oscilloscope. Joe, why don't you kind of wrap us up with the antenna—a short discussion about the antenna gains. I think the test range is, is really kind of interesting, and those two diagrams kind of illustrate the uh, the results that you might be expecting from a uh, in in a in a dB sense.
1: Alrighty, George. Yeah, um, not going to go into great depth, but uh, I'm just going to say that uh, QST has made an attempt over the years to. Uh, put some sense into antenna uh, advertising because uh, people throw, throw around terms, particularly manufacturers are trying to impress you, throw around terms of, uh, wow, this antenna's got 6 dB gain or this one's got 8 dB gain. Well, it's absolutely meaningless unless you refer- reference it to something. Uh, and usually the reference is uh, gain over a dipole. In other words, it has that much more of a signal that it puts out relative to a dipole. Uh and you can you can look here, there's there's some words uh, in the whiteboard. I won't go into it, but uh there's even more to it than that if you're comparing to a dipole um to get an absolute number for the gain. But what uh hello, what is this? Ah smoke detector in the house my son's cooking something (laughs) i heard beeping okay anyway um the 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 best absolute best thing to do for antennas is to do comparative measurements we have a picture of an antenna range with radiometry here where you set up um, a reference antenna of some sort and um an antenna you're going to test some distance away you uh have a um, um, a source for a, a transmitter, and you actually do comparative measurements of the received signal on the reference antenna, be it a dipole or whatever else, and the antenna under test, so that you can get real numbers for uh, what the actual gain or loss of the antenna is. Um, this, there's a pretty, um, it can be pretty complicated doing that, but uh, there's some words here um, and a reference from the uh, HF PAC, a group on the West Coast who does uh, portable uh, kind of man-pack operation. And uh, they've had several shootouts where they compare portable antennas, antennas you might have uh, uh, on your back. And um, they do a shootout where they have a, a crude range set up with a, uh, uh, a reference antenna. They measure the... Uh, signal across a path uh, between a source transmitter and a test receiver with the source antenna, and then one at a time they put in the other antennas that they're going to compare so that they have an absolute uh, measurement of how good or bad the antennas are relative to the source. Reasonably easy thing to do if you have the proper equipment, but uh, that's a good way to talk about antennas. And, of course, all the measurements are done in dB.
0: We actually did a little, not quite as rigorous, and didn't have a reference antenna per se, but we did some baselining when we were doing the uh, development of the midnight uh, loop. And I think we've talked about that sometime in our chat with the designer sessions. We did have a
1: reference antenna. And what was that? It was the MFJ loop.
0: Oh, yes, 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 that's right. And and even more than that, didn't we have a ground plane, Joe?
1: No, the ground plane was just part of the receiving antenna.
0: Okay, so we did have a reference. Uh, so we were doing, uh, some of you might remember the discussion from a previous uh, uh, chat with the designers and or presentation that we did on the Midnight Loop, a wide, uh, flat, aluminum, circular small transmitting loop with a unique capacitor arrangement and uh, we had this set up in a, in a big backyard and hopefully free from as many uh, interfering objects and we got a reference design with the mfj loop and then compared our um, our own antenna our own design antenna to that with the same setup the same configuration the same roughly the same time and it was pretty useful for us, and we were able to determine. Oh gosh, we were able to determine differences, um, and and explain a lot of them uh, as well because of those uh, attention that was made to a reference design. So it's something to keep in mind when you're uh, when you're dealing with amplifier with 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 antennas, as we uh, as we often do. Okay. Um, We've been humping along here and did not leave much time for questions and discussion. Um, if you've been holding a, a question along the way, please uh, speak up now and, and maybe we can kind of drill into some of the areas we either glossed over or didn't cover well enough. Yeah, Rick, go ahead.
2: Just another comment. One of the most interesting uses of, of DVs and DBMs that I've seen recently, was a diagram of the problem that you face when you're doing uh, EME Earth Moon Earth communication. And it started off by looking at how many dBm your transmitter was putting out, and then the dB losses in your feed line, and then your and then the gains in the antennas, and then the fact that uh, the round trip from Earth to Moon back was like 122 dB loss minus 122, and then you could see again the receiving antennas and feed lines, and uh, the uh, receiver itself, the gains there, so that you could see very very graphically uh, where improvements in the system were going to uh, do the most good for you.
0: Oh, absolutely. Where you could get your, your most bang for your buck for uh, improving a, um, um, a highly attenuated path or increasing your receive sensitivity. Uh, JJ, actually, Joe Jessen, uh, KC2 VGL, is online here, and JJ presented for us uh, a session on GPS uh, reception, and there were some impressive, depressing, but impressive uh, um, low-level signal levels uh, that that are coming at us from the the GPS satellites. JJ, can you can you recall those, some of those uh, attenuation paths?
3: Yeah, the signal's pretty low by the time it gets to your GPS receiver. It can be uh, well below minus 140, 150 dBm. And I've seen some numbers um, that go down to minus 160 in terms of sensitivity.
0: That is quite low, and that's down on a low level that that is generally below the noise floor, that which is able to be heard in most receivers. Um, Again, JJ, do you recall the noise floor dB level in – that uh, WSJT uh, or or Whisper is able to uh, to deal with. Yeah, he gets
3: um, he's working uh, with with uh, versus code. I think he's seeing somewhere around twenty to twenty five dB improvements um, with the you know running at very narrow bandwidth, uh, very slow rates, and uh, he gets below the noise floor to the tune of uh, minus 20.
0: So we can see down 20 dB more than, uh, uh, farther than normal receivers can, or that we can with our ears using normal receivers.
4: Clint, did you have something? Um, No, I didn't mean to uh, type that. Oh, I was just going to make a comment, though. Um, Remember the GPS uh, readings are taken before they are, uh, de-re-correlated. So um, they're measuring in dBW per kilohertz, but if you were to uh, unspread them by locking onto it, you suddenly end up 20, 30 dB above where you were before. Uh, I work in the satellite business and have to deal with those numbers all the time. Over.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I'm not in the satellite business. I'm not sure the, the full meaning of what you said. JJ, do you did you understand? Yeah, he's
3: talking about going from a spread a spread code um, back to a linear uh, demodulation from a spread code. So in other words, you can spread the code and get some code gain that way.
4: Yeah, they uh, for GPS they spread it intentionally over many megahertz, whereas on your receiver takes that spread over several megahertz and jams it back down to. I think what is a couple hundred, just a few kilohertz at most. And you get a huge, when you reduce the bandwidth that much, you get a huge dB advantage. And uh, if they were, if the GPS signals would suddenly start transmitting CW signals with the same amount of power they have now, they would be massive signals coming at us from the sky.
0: Okay. I understand. Yeah, 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 indeed. Okay. um, We're, we're kind of closing in on the witching hour. At this point here, are there any other questions? We're going to wrap it up in just a second. Hey, George, this is Terry. Oh, yeah, Terry, go ahead. I just sent you a spreadsheet, a Lotus spreadsheet,
4: right? Lotus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Excel spreadsheet uh, that does a conversion table between dBm, power and watts or milliwatts or microwatts, volts RMS, volts peak to peak. And then when you get down to the lower level, it also has S units. It prints out three columns in one page, uh, and it's in one DB steps. Now some of the numbers don't exactly match up with the other with the one you got, so there may be a little something in my um, in my calculations that need to be needs to be double checked. But um, I found it quite useful because it has everything on one page.
0: Okay, that's great. So if it's yours, then uh, we don't have any problem when posting it on the whiteboard for others. Nope. Great. Thanks an awful lot, Terry. Appreciate that. We'll take a look at it, Joe and I, and, uh, and, uh, if, if we see anything obvious, we'll let you know and otherwise we'll get it posted and everybody can kind of grab it. Um, all right. Um, any other questions? Al, do you have audio yet? No, you don't. I'm sorry to say that. Um, okay. So let's, let's, uh, Kind of wrap things up here, and uh, Joe, you do such a nice job of wrapping up the session. I do want to make don't uh, people please don't disappear. I I have a quick uh, question of you, or a, a mention that I want to make before you might want to duck out. So if you can hang in through like thirty seconds of Joe's uh, Joe's wrap up for the evening here, we'll we'll close the session down. We'll close the year down. Go ahead, Joe.
1: All right, thank you, George. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to give a uh, quick run through. We we talked about DB tonight. Uh, The meaning of uh, dB, decibels, related them at least to some extent to uh, Alexander Graham Bell. How uh, decibels are calculated, what the actual meaning is in terms of being um, power ratios and a a convenient shorthand way of uh, describing different power levels and different power ratios uh, using simple arithmetic addition and subtraction. Um, We also showed a number of examples of how they apply to uh, electronics in general and specifically to ham radio with S meters, with um, uh, power readings on various pieces of test equipment and uh, attenuators and uh, the rest of that. And uh, we also did a a real object lesson in trying to uh, work through some real examples of uh, a test bench with some power levels, different power levels, attenuators and amplifiers, and showed that even the best of us can now and again make a mistake and, and get confusing in our terminology. But well, the point is, uh, DB, uh, DB readings, DB numbers, comparisons, and power levels are very valuable. A couple simple, um, simple concepts. If you keep a, a good table or a spreadsheet alongside you, when you're working and think very clearly about it, uh, they can make it very easy and meaningful to talk about uh, power, uh, relationships, gain, antenna gain, and uh, various other numbers that we deal with uh, very frequently in amateur radio.
0: So I hope, you thought, uh, I hope you thought that this was a worthwhile session here. Again, um, kind of as an overview and maybe pulling some information together providing you some good references, and you can dig in where you might find it useful. There's some great reference tables, uh, some ideas for making your own measurements of your own transmitter, whether it's an HT or your latest QRP invention on the bench, um, measuring that new Christmas present that's uh, that's, that's coming along, perhaps. Uh, you'll be able to uh, do it with greater confidence and knowledge of, of what you're dealing with. A couple more songs come to mind too, relative to or uh, issues with um, Marilyn McCoo and uh, "One Less Bell to Answer." You know, the, you know that song. I'm not going to try singing any of these. Then there's the uh, "My Bellamy." There, that was a 1968 tune, I think. "My Bellamy." Doo, 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 doo. Then Silver. Who, how can you forget the the uh, the uh, um, immortal uh, Silver Bells? Of Christmas, silver bells, and then even with Bing Crosby, the bells of St. Mary. I mean, look at the history of the decibel, and um, and and it just get, brings tears to your eyes relative to, you know, the, the the heritage that we are continuing on our benches. So thank you very much, everybody. Oh, and and the one thing that I did want to mention, of course, please, if your if your address is not correct in uh, qrz.com could you please email us uh, email me with your correct address joe and i have a a bit of a end of the year treat that we'd like to mail to our regulars uh, who check in here with us uh, uh, live with chat with the designers um, it's nothing much but just a little something and we're going to bail it out uh, shortly so if you can get your correct address to us you'll be able to get your uh your little copy there, and um, think you'll enjoy that. And also, a kind of a celebration of the end of our first year. We last couple of weeks ago we celebrated our uh, our first year anniversary, so to speak. We didn't make too much of it, but we've been around for a year now with uh, episode number forty-five here. So we're kind of proud of the way this has come along, and the way that you have all supported us. And um, for the podcasters listening. If you could please um uh, if if you're listening to this and, and you've been listening through the year, drop us a line. Um it's N two APB at Verizon.net N two APB at Verizon.net and it's a, it's a we're trying to get a good feel for how many podcast listeners are out there and it's it would be very, very helpful if you could let us know that. To let us know how far and wide the chat with a designer signal might be reaching around the world. And uh, we would appreciate that and and do appreciate everybody listening along in the cars and the trains and the planes and down in the shack because you can't make these particular live sessions. We appreciate that an awful lot. So again, a reminder that we will not have uh, another episode until January. Oh gosh, I think it's January 11th. Check the page. We're all going to break for the holidays and uh, wish everybody a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas, new year, whatever you be celebrating.
1: I think it's January is, 8th, actually. Um,
0: January 8th. That's even better. So thank you. And, uh, thanks Ray. I saw that too. And, uh, we hope that you all have a safe holidays. We all hope that, uh, you are, uh, going to be, uh, getting and sharing the, uh, the uh, ham radio types of joys that uh, you are looking for or looking to give and keep keep active in this hobby. It, it's, it's fun. We enjoy what we do and we enjoy dealing with it. So um, wish everybody a good one. Thank you all. Good night uh, from N2CX and N2APB and chat with the designers.